0: Welcome back to The Watch List. I'm Nicole Petalides. International's Women's Day today. So glad uh, to feature so many great women on our show today. And of course, a very special one. We're happy to welcome in Lizanne Saunders, Chief Investment Strategist, Schwab Center for Financial Research. Also, Barron's 100 Most Influential Women in U.S. Finance. Again, Right, and I always love to see that. Congratulations on that, Thank again, Lizanne. Really shaping the future for financial services each day. Um, with that, mm-hmm. what what's the market telling you now? As you expect more volatility and some downside risk.
1: Well, you know, a day like today really highlights that volatility can work both ways. From about eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time. Um, only for the you know subsequent ninety minutes or so, you saw you know the S and P shoot up by almost three percent, the Nasdaq shoot up by almost four percent, before basically turning tail and then moving in the opposite direction. So, and it wasn't even a specific uh, headline. Uh, maybe you could tie it to the retreat in yields that happened up until about that eleven thirty point, but. Um, clearly, I think we're going to be at the mercy of, uh, of headline risk, both upside risk and downside risk. It makes for a really tough environment. We've got the backdrop of monetary policy and what the Fed is going to do, but I think the short-term volatility, in my mind, will undoubtedly continue to be driven by um, headlines out of uh, Russia Ukraine mm-hmm And I was uh, as I was
0: reading through your notes, I, I think when you when you say this kind of phrase, I think you're right. I mean because there, there's no exact place to hide, no perfect hedge or place to hide right um, And while this volatility is really evident, sometimes it could be short-lived you know in a year from now are we going to be seeing anything similar but at the same time the momentum could be so dramatic like to your point, Right, the Dow was up over five hundred and eighty points today, only to see it move negative a short time ago. So at this point now, are you still looking at some of the same sectors that we discussed, such as healthcare, financials, utilities?
1: We've been um sort of de-emphasizing trying to make um sector calls, even though we've you know we've got mm-hmm. existing outperform or underperform, but really think it's a, a very difficult environment, especially uh, in a shorter term time frame than the six months or so that tend to dictate the tactical recommendations that we make at the sector level. What I've been trying to highlight is that it's factors that have been more consistent in terms of where both leadership resides as well as where the underperformance resides. And quite frankly, it's applicable to um, almost every uh, sector. Value oriented factors like strong free cash Mm -hmm. flow yield, strong um, EBITDA enterprise value, even dividend yield, strong earnings yield. Those have been the factors that have been performing well, even in sectors like technology. Um, And then factors like high volatility, um, uh, weaker profitability, negative earnings revisions. Those have been the factors pretty much across sectors that have been the underperformers. And the consistency of that factor bias has been much greater than the consistency of leadership on a short-term basis in sectors. And, and really, the umbrella around what's been working in terms of factors or characteristics is, is higher quality, um, stronger fundamentals. And I don't think that changes in the near term.
0: You're right. And to your point, you had said to us last time you were on, it was in your note again today, about the looking for quality and those low quality names or SPACs or a meme, the chaos of the meme stocks, maybe in the rearview mirror here at this point. I think it's, it's really important to continue to focus on some of these things that you are looking at, and that's interest rates and, and the flattening of the yield curve, a slowing economy, inflation. We'll get a CPI print. The Fed next week, and how many hikes? You know, what the Fed does with the balance sheet can also equate. Hike or two or three. Um, tell us some of your thoughts when it comes to all of that. Sure. So, we, so at, at this stage, we do think the
1: Fed lifts off the zero bound uh, when they announce their decision on March 16th. Um, we think the only thing that might uh, change that perspective is if something happens, probably associated with the Russia-Ukraine situation, that caused a massive disruption in say dollar you know funding markets in, in liquidity and in, in sort of disruption to the stability of the financial system versus just financial market volatility. And I think that needs to be an important thing that that you know market watchers distinguish between which is financial market volatility and financial instability financial system instability are not one and the same. So absent a severe disruption to financial system stability, we think the Fed moves off the zero bound. But as, as my colleague, Kathy Jones, who I know you have on, um, it, she, yes. she called it today, what we're likely to see is a dovish hike. Uh, so probably commentary around the move off the zero bound that we're in a particularly unique set of circumstances right now with what's going on uh, with Russia and Ukraine. In terms of the inflation backdrop, oil prices really hold the key. We're likely to see continued elevated headline inflation, especially if energy prices continue to soar. But even if it's not reflected in this month's CPI print, that also will likely act as a bit of a, a downward pressure valve on other components of core inflation, kind of that demand destruction. Again, we may not see that manifest itself in the CPI print that we get this week, but that's That's what's likely to happen if you continue to see oil prices accelerate, it acts as that demand destroyer, which um, would help in terms of of Fed policy because trying to rein in aggregate demand has been one of the purposes of what the Fed has been doing, at least via the words uh, in an environment where they haven't yet gotten off the zero bound or started to shrink the balance sheet.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm torn because we're almost out of time. But maybe you can give me a quick thought on the consumer that's battling high gas prices, inflation, um, and doesn't seem to be, be abating anytime soon. At the same time, it is International Women's Day. And maybe you had a thought, an experience, a piece of advice, something that you could add in. But maybe a thought on the consumer and a thought on international. Uh, yeah, Wednesday, I, I wish there?
1: it was. I wish it was a better comment. But I think recession risk is real. Um, you know, the the forecast yeah. from Atlanta Fed GDP now, which is well watched, is right at the zero line for the first quarter. And I think the pressure on consumers is quite elevated. So I, I think uh, even if we don't get a broader economic recession, I think the risk of of some sort of consumer recession is fairly elevated. And that even predated uh, the invasion because we just have got some pent down demand in the aftermath of the worst part of the pandemic.
0: Yeah. It's great to see you. Ann Saunders, always wonderful nice to, to have you on you the show. show. Schwab Center for Financial yeah. Research. Thank you. Always. Thanks, Chief Investment Strategist there, Lizanne Saunders. Thank you.